0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogenmeier. And on today's show to help us break down our free agent Friday, we have John Kegley, one of the original members of the show on with us today. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start writing for San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network. But we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Alright guys, what is up and welcome into the show, a special thank you to all of our new first time listeners, we appreciate you guys checking out the show, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans for checking back in with us again. If you guys don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from with the daily format, that's the best way and easiest way to get the show, plus tomorrow we are, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, interviewing Chargers starting running back Austin Eckler. So that show is going to be out next week. If you guys want to make sure you get it, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the Locked On Charges podcast. But it's time to get into Free Agent Friday because... It's time to talk about some major free agent names that have been floated around, including an article we're going to start with talking about the Chargers making a strong push for Corey Lindsley, the Packers center who has been one of the best centers in the NFL. So we'll start the show there because that's obviously a premier free agent the Chargers should definitely be looking into. And then in the second segment, getting into a couple more big names that have been floated out there. Jarrell Casey got released on Thursday from the Broncos. So we'll talk about if that fit makes any sense for the Chargers. And we'll also talk about J.J. Watts rumors about him getting potentially $15-16 a season, and if that prices him out for what the Chargers are going to be looking for. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to be getting into an article talking about replacements for tight end Virgil Green, talking about pass blocking and run blocking specialists that could come in on the cheap and replace the value that Virgil Green brought to the team. And then finally, we'll talk about, you know, potentially Hunter Henry replacements, because that is a reality that we have to think about as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. One of the biggest pieces of news in free agency so far is the fact that Corey Lindsley on Thursday was talking on Sirius Radio, and when he was talking about free agency, he said, we're not closing the door on anything. We'd never do that, especially to the Packers. It looks like all signs point towards snapping the ball somewhere else next year. If it doesn't work out, I wish them the best. And I also (laughs) want to just say, hey, remember when everyone was freaking out about what Hunter Henry said about wanting a good quarterback and all of those things, like, This is what it looks like when a guy doesn't think he's going to be going back to the team that he's currently on. And David, I mean, this is a no doubt about it guy the Chargers must look into during this free agency period because with all of the offensive line issues that they have, with Dan Feeney being, you know, subpar and also becoming a free agent, the Chargers have a chance to do something they tried to do with Mike Pouncey, find a foundation for the middle of the line to get all these guys lined up to be a solid presence on the interior and Corey Lindsley just happens to be available.
1: But, Dan, isn't Dan Feeney Justin Herbert's best friend? They have to keep him.
0: Yeah, he has a mullet, too, which makes it really tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you got to respect the mullet. But when you look at the players on the field, these two guys are in completely different stratospheres, okay? Corey Lindsley is simply one of the best centers in the NFL. He was a first-team All-Pro selection last year. He was the highest-graded center on PFF by a lot. And it wasn't really even that close. Uh, Also, some pretty interesting stats. uh, According to Sports Info Solutions, he didn't allow a sack or a stuff, which is a tackle at or beyond the line of scrimmage versus the run. So this guy is a complete center. He's been in the league for several years. He's been very consistent. And he's just as good as a pass blocker as he is a run blocker. He definitely is the whole entire package. And wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of security and that kind of ability in the middle protecting your young quarterback, Justin Herbert? Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's a no brainer to me. I mean, I think the Chargers will be interested. You get the, you know, added factor of being able to bring back him and adding him with Brian Bulaga, a couple of guys who know each other already. Maybe he gets the foot in the door there. And the Chargers, John, at some point are going to have to add premier free agents on the offensive line. The last time they actually went out and got a top-of-the-line guy, it was probably Russell Okung. Before that, though, it was Orlando Franklin. So those are the last couple of big swings the Chargers have had as far as taking a big swing at a premier free agent offensive lineman, and this all lines up to be a guy they should absolutely go for. If they are going to spend premier money on one position during the offseason, you would have to think it's going to be the offensive line, especially you know for a guy that last year gave up four pressures and 437 pass-blocking snaps, according to he was you know, in the 84th percentile and positively graded blocking plays, 85th percentile when it comes to avoiding negatively graded plays. I mean, this guy is the full package. He comes from a very good offensive line, and he comes at a position, John, that the Chargers really, honestly, haven't had figured out since Nick Hardwick.
2: Yeah, they haven't figured out the center at all. I mean, they even had Scott Murchkowski come in when Hardwick got hurt, and he even did pretty well since then, though. It's just been crickets at that position. And it really makes you wonder, like, will they ever actually figure this out by signing a free agent or do they have to draft Because I think that's the the big question here is do do you have to draft a guy who is gonna build chemistry with her with Herbert, like a Creed Humphrey or someone like that, or do you sign a free agent and hope that's your band-aid and maybe your long term, maybe your long term solution? This guy would fit the bill if you're if you want a band-aid or a long term solution, depending on what kind of contract you're gonna get here. But if there's one position to put a lot of money on, it's definitely the offensive line. Without an offensive line, it don't matter how good your defense is or whatever, you're just going to get tackled for a loss and have a bunch of three and outs. At least with the offensive line, you have a chance at scoring 30 points a game and keeping up with the other side if your defense doesn't work. Or you control the game and your defense gets to rest and game plan while you're holding the ball for a seven- to eight-minute drive. So you have to build this offensive line. This guy fits the bill whether he's – A lot of money or a decent amount of money, whatever it is, he's worth the signing.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's more than that. It's also just... Tom Telesco has to show that he's willing to put in the money and the draft capital in his offensive line. I mean, I don't think that Corey Lindsley would solve the Chargers offensive line issues by any means, but it would show that they are committed to solving a problem that has plagued them over the past 10 seasons. So I do think that no, whether or not they sign Corey Lindsley, I mean, they still have to add pieces in the draft. You still have to find a tackle To replace Sam Tebby, maybe you do that with a 13th overall pick, but more than anything, you have Justin Herbert. You have to show your commitment to building an offensive line around him before he ends up in an Andrew Luck situation and retires early and you never really get to see what his true ceiling was one way to avoid that add veteran players not aging veteran players in the offensive line like they did with Brian Bulaga this is a young guy in his prime who has shown that he could stay healthy has shown that he's absolutely the best center on the market one of the best interior offensive linemen on the market and unlike guards who might be getting 15 to 16 million dollars per season you might be able to have Lindsay at somewhere around 10 to 12 million so if you're gonna say hey I'm spending premier money on a position. If you want to throw that money to Corey Lindsley, sign me up because it would show me the Chargers are very committed to improving something that has been such a disaster in the Tom Talexico era. But we do have two more segments to get into because another big free agent was released on Thursday, and that is Jarrell Casey. So we're going to talk about him and also the new numbers surrounding J.J. Watt coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. You guys are definitely going to want st- to sign up before March Madness starts. It's the funnest time to bet. NFL or non-NFL for the entire year. And even if you want to get in, bet in on something different, I mean, you can bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV. You can bet on NFL Futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl next year. Whatever you're trying to bet on, you can find it at betonline.ag. And they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best place to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code ON, all caps, One word, and you will get some free money to bet with a 50% welcome bonus only at betonline.ag. All right, well, this is going to be a very interesting free agent offseason because we all know that the salary cap is going down for the first time and basically since it started, and we know that teams are going to have to make a lot of big decisions on high-priced guys who might be big-time contributors that the team just can't afford to bring back because of the salary cap situation. And the latest victim of that, who it probably could have happened either way, is Jarrell Casey because he carried about eleven million dollars in cap it going into this season, so it made sense for the Broncos, especially for a guy they traded for who only played three games to try to set him free and, you know, open up some cap space for themselves. I definitely understand the move on their side, but at the same time, John, it doesn't mean the guy can't play. I mean, last year he played three games, he tore his biceps. Obviously, that's something that has happened to a lot of defensive linemen specifically. Torn biceps, torn triceps, usually a season-ending injury, and you never really got to see what he was able to do. But this is from Peter Bukowski, from the guys who played over 100 snaps last season. He was still the 28th graded defensive lineman. He had played in 14 games or more in every other season of his career besides last year. So now that this guy has opened up, and obviously the Chargers need help on the defensive line, is this a guy that would make sense for the Chargers to target in free agency?
2: I would say yes. And I believe the fact that he had the torn biceps makes for him to have maybe a slight discount compared to that 11.8 that the Broncos had. The Broncos. Released him and oh, he's not getting close to that. Yeah, the yeah. Broncos released him and AJ Boyd to release twenty four million in their cap space. So I mean, I'm pretty sure after that happens, you're not going to get the same contract. And that would make it a good, I say gamble is probably the best word for it. It'd be a good gamble for the Chargers to go after. This is a guy who at one point had like ten sacks in a season. Usually he has a decent amount of sacks. Is what made the Pro Bowl like what I believe five years in a row when he was with the Titans. His last five years with the Titans, I think it was a lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> This is a guy you could take a chance on and you need a lot of help on that defensive line. Linval Joseph needs another guy with him and Joey Bosa needs another guy with him. So this would be a good gamble for the Chargers.
1: And we were talking about guys that could come in that have a little bit more pass rush chops in the middle of the defensive line. This is this is it right here. Jarrell Casey has 51 sacks in his 10 years in the NFL, and that's a lot for an interior defensive lineman. I mean, of course, there's the freaks of nature like Aaron Donald, but it's kind of not fair to compare compare anyone to Aaron Donald. So 51 sacks on the interior of the defensive line, and a guy who can move around a couple different spots over there, give you some versatility as well, sticks that in there and get some interior push with Bosa and Nwosu on the outsides that really could turn a defensive line that does not get a lot of pressure into a defensive line that can get after the quarterback a lot more comfortably and effectively
0: yeah and we'd have to see I mean the Chargers have been you know trying to find that interior pass rusher for a long time now I mean they just haven't had a guy that can get after it on the inside I mean, Darius Phylon has like the most sacks out of any of their interior players, and it's been a few seasons since he's played for the Chargers, and he was a guy that, you know, was a later round draft pick for the team, so it has been a big problem. He is a guy that has worked in 3-4 defenses, has played, you know, a 3-4 defensive end type of role, and I mean, it's pretty easy to think about, John, I mean, if you have him and Limbault Joseph, especially on early downs. I mean, this is Brandon Staley's defense is a defense where the defensive linemen have to win their one-on-one matchups. They have to be able to take over offensive linemen to free up linebackers to go make tackles, and they play a too high safety look, so that puts a lot more pressure on the front seven to be able to stop running backs right, and stop rushing plays because those other guys are on the back end of the defense. It's going to take them a little longer to get up there and make tackles in the running game at times. You need guys who are going to be able to be disruptors. You need guys who are going to be able to win their one-on-one matchups. So in this scenario now, if you're going to try to run on the Chargers, potentially you're having to do it against Limbaugh Joseph and Jarrell Casey.
2: And what that also could do is even if you got like a push, say you get a push up the middle and the run was up the middle – that running back, even if they don't make a tackle, you if Linval Joseph and Drell Casey say the first three weeks don't have a tackle for a loss, but if they're getting a push and that running back has to stop and figure out which way to cut left or right, that means the linebackers get there, Joy Bosa gets there, Nawosu gets there, so there's an effect right there. That's the Jamal Williams effect they used to have. He used to do it by himself, though. We're talking about two guys. It's a totally different monster, I guess. But if you have that push, it can just make guys change their mind and have to think about things, and it can just ruin a play so somebody else can make the play. And like you said, the you need the front seven in this defense to really make the plays, fill the gaps, make their one-on-one matchups, be wins and not even stalls. You have to like win it somehow, whether it's getting a push or just completely getting off your block and getting in the backfield. It's going to be these guys. If you can't fix the offensive line and the defensive line, the Chargers are just going to have another season like last year no matter what you have at quarterback, no matter who your coach is. If you don't have – the trenches fixed. You don't have a team.
0: And how many times have we talked about over this offseason, like what good defensive lines have done for teams? I mean, what Frank Clark and Chris Jones did for the Chiefs when they won their Super Bowl. What we saw last year with or Bita the Giants Bria and Dombek or the Giants, or the Giants, the Giants beating in the, in 2011. You know, the Patriots.
2: That was all just Mike,
0: you know Michael Strahan,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> OC Yura, uh, Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck. Those guys just destroyed that front that front offensive line. And Brady couldn't do nothing.
0: And a 10-fingered J- Jason Pierre-Paul, too. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you can't think about that. That's a yeah. Jason yeah. Pierre-Paul with every one of his digits to get after you with. Yeah, so.
2: him and his hamburger helper glove made a big difference. But, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but that team—
0: I mean, he had all his fingers at that time. But
2: that 9-7 and seven Giants team, 9-7, and seven, all they needed was the front four to make the, an undefeated Patriots team lose the Super Bowl. Like, that's how big a defensive line is to a team.
0: It's huge, and the Chargers have to add talent there, and I think it's one of the most criminally underrated things that might be talked about as far as the Chargers and what their needs are going into 2021, which is why, David, when somebody like J.J. Watt gets released, it's like, oh, okay, well, for the Brandon Staley's defense, having, you know, defensive disruptors like he had with Los Angeles, that's a guy that can come in and you, you know, have great faith that he's going to be able to be a disruptor, be able to win his one-on-one matchups, and we always knew that it was probably going to be, you know, a little too rich for the Chargers to get it on the J.J. Watt sweepstakes because there are other teams that are going to be willing to pay more, and now that's kind of come to fruition because the Chargers have never been linked to J.J. Watt by any you know major NFL reporter or anything like that. But now the reports are coming in. Diana Rossini said that the best offers right now for J.J. Watt are between fifteen and sixteen million dollars per season, which effectively puts the
1: Chargers out on that race. Chump change. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, it seems like chump change, but. We know who the Chargers are, and we know that they don't go out there and they don't dole out contracts like that for guys that are not like their own guys. They just don't do that. And I also heard a clip from the Pat McAfee show uh, where Pat McAfee actually sent a text out to J.J. Watt saying, hey, any of this information that came out from Diane Rossini, did that come from you or your agent? And he said he hasn't talked to anybody about the contract negotiations or any of those numbers. So those numbers have to be coming directly from the teams that are offering those contracts. So I thought that was a little bit of interesting context that Pat McAfee got out of uh, J.J. Watt. I mean, if you haven't seen the Pat McAfee show, it's phenomenal. The guy is incredible. He's a hundred percent made for radio, for TV, for, for media. He's just incredible with How that. How much but did he pay you to see that? As far dude, as be honest, stop talking about that show. We have our own show. Listen to this show. <laughs> Go on. We don't have time for this.
0: Get to JJ. Watt.
1: As far as JJ Watt is concerned, obviously he's an incredible player. He has a, a resume that's a a mile long. He has over a hundred sacks in his career. Would you love to have him? Of course you would. Would he be a difference maker? No question about it. But are the Chargers going to be able to afford him at 15, 16 million a year? No chance in hell.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna happen. And it never was going to happen, but it is fun to dream, right? And I think obviously that just shows you know how much we think the Chargers need to, you know, have a talented defensive line have a talented front seven to go compete with these teams. Yes, you have to have fast corners and things like that to keep up with the Chiefs in the AFC West, but you know what else you have to have? A team that can get after him with four, be able to drop back in coverage, eliminate the big plays on the back end because you're not opening up space by having to blitz somebody like Patrick Mahomes. So the Chargers need to add talent there. It's hard to say that you can rely on Justin Jones or Jerry Tillery to get you any kind of production in the past rushing game. I mean, especially Justin Jones at this point. I mean, he is what he is. He's not. Not going to be a pass rush specialist. Jerry Tillery has shown some flashes, has gotten a little bit better in the pass rushing department, but they were saying they thought of him as a defensive end before Brandon and Staley came in. So we'll see how that all plays out, but the Chargers still need to add talent. Jarrell Casey is someone that could potentially make sense for the right price. But we do have one more segment to get into because Virgil Green is unlikely to come back to the Chargers. So we're going to look into some cheap replacement options for him, as well as you know, getting a sense of what the tight end market is out there if the Chargers have to replace Hunter Henry. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that if you need any kind of auto part the only place to go is rockauto.com one of the reasons to repair and maintain your cars is to save money we all need to save money and you can do that and save money for other important things when you use rockauto.com because the best part about them you know you're getting the best price i've double checked this with the people i know who are mechanics my stepdad is one of them whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver you're going to get the best price at rockauto.com and they have everything that you could be looking for. I just got an alternator from my fiance's Camry a couple weeks ago. Whether you're looking for an engine control module, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet, you can get it from rockauto.com. You can get it just by typing in what kind of car you have, and a few easy clicks, you can get it ordered and delivered right to your house. All you guys have to do to get the best bargains in the auto part market, all you have to do is go to rockauto.com to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So while we were thinking about what to talk about for our free agent Friday segment, one of the things that we saw floating around out there was an article done by boltbeat.com that was three replacement options for Virgil Green. And the first thing I was talking about is like, what about Hunter Henry, right? I mean, if Hunter Henry leaves, that's obviously a much bigger deal, but out of the two of them, Hunter Henry is obviously the more likely one to come back, so he listed three names as far as replacements potentially for Virgil Green, and all these guys are going to be cheaper at this point. I mean, the three guys he has are Mercedes Lewis, Blake Bell from the Cowboys, and Demetrius Harris from the Bears, and each one of them comes with its own you know, special additive. I mean, for Mercedes Lewis, his biggest thing is run blocking. That's where he excelled the most, according to this. For Blake Bell, it was pass blocking, which might not seem like an issue for a tight end, but if you want to do rollouts and stuff like that, as he puts it, it is important to have guys who can pass block, especially if you're not very confident in your offensive line. And the last guy is Demetrius Harris, who does a lot of things well, but also brings a bonus value with his special teams play. So David, when you look at these three guys as potential Virgil Green replacements,
1: which one sticks out to you? Yeah, I think Demetrius Harris is the guy out of those three guys that I'd like to bring in, just because he has more of the skill set that were that he would be. Uh replacing with Virgil Green. So I think he is a good blocker. I think he is able to play on special teams, which Virgil Green did as well. So I just look at the skill sets of the two men, and, I mean, he's the pick for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see that because of one thing and one thing only, and that's special teams value, right? He was graded over 90 by Pro Football Focus and what he brought to them in special teams. He was above average as far as run blocking and pass blocking. And he'd probably be cheap. I mean, the Bears have about 15 tight ends. So there's probably no chance he's going back to Chicago. So he could be out there. And I think that has to be the one thing that sticks out to you the most with the Chargers special team struggles is, hey, this is a guy that not only can come in and bring you value as far as being a blocking tight end, something that Steven Anderson is not known for, something that Donald Parham is definitely not known for. Those are receiving threats. You can get this guy to come in, and not only is he playing a role there, but he's also playing a role on special teams, which I have to think is very, very important to a team who is so bad at it, one of the worst teams we've ever seen at it in 2020. But, John, then you could just add, you know, Mercedes Lewis, and then just have the two tallest tight ends in the league.
2: Well, the thing with Mercedes Lewis is he's <laughs> been in the league for 15 years. Like, how is this a...
0: Four years older than Virgil Green. Like,
2: how is this a better replacement? I mean, he's probably a better pass catcher than Virgil Green. But, I mean, you, what are you going to get out of a guy that old? <laughs> he's probably not even... Height. Yeah, that, that's about <laughs> it. And Back in the day, he was probably... The
0: Twin Towers return again.
2: He was probably worth something like... Six years ago, and since then he's probably moved on past that. He had like one year we had like 700 yards and 10 touchdowns, and since then he can barely get to 200 if he's lucky.
0: (laughs) He couldn't even get – What about Demetrius Harris? He
2: couldn't even get to 200 with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Demetrius Harris, uh, just because he has special teams value, I think that makes him worth something because even if he doesn't pan out at tight end like you want him to, at least we have somebody who can go – take the beatings on special teams and take the injuries on special teams so that you don't have to use a a star player or someone that's a lot more valuable to you like i don't know say a, a one of your safety well, and get
0: someone that's good at playing special teams which is important too I mean
2: I'm, yeah that too but I, to me when i think of a special teams player i think of someone that you're willing to let go get hit that you're not that if they got hurt is not a big loss to the team like if we had to use say Michael Davis on special teams like last year if we needed to so say that needed to happen and he gets hurt could of a special teams play now you just lost one of your corners that that plays a lot you know but if you have a guy like Beatrice Harris if he gets if he gets hurt and he's not really making all the plays at tight end you still have Donald Parham and Stephen Anderson so it's not that big a loss so i think that makes great value right there alone
0: Well, I think that not getting hurt is obviously very important, especially for your key players. And we've heard the Chargers talk about, hey, maybe you need to put guys who are in some sort of rotation onto special teams to fix some of those things. But the Chargers need to set their sights a lot higher than, you know, putting guys out there that are meat shields to not get your good guys injured. You need guys who can come in and play well. You need guys who are going to be disciplined. You guys need guys that are going to, unlike Steven Anderson, not let punts get blocked, not let kicks get blocked. I mean, the Chargers have so much need on special teams that, yes, he's a guy that can come in, be that physical tight end that, you know, you can help free up the other guys who are all receiving threats that you have on the team by being the guy who's going to sit in there, pass block, run block at times, and, you know, be an extra offensive lineman to some extent. But most importantly, special teams has to be so much better. We are also living in a world where the reality is Hunter Henry, I mean, a lot of places is a top 10 free agent available, as high as, you know, four or five in some places. And there is a realistic chance we all have to brace ourselves for the fact that he might not come back to the Chargers. They could potentially franchise tag him, but that doesn't really help their cap situation very much. As far as, you know, flexibility in the long term, it does. As far as what you could add to the team in 2021, it does not. So I think we all have to kind of look at that. And it is a very weird market out there for tight ends because there's a lot of names that you know. Rob Gronkowski, who, I mean, is going to go back to the Bucks. really. I mean, you have who Smith, Tyler Eifer, Tyler Croft. I mean, there's some names out there. Jared Cook as well. But it's hard to get excited about any of those names when you have Hunter Henry. But, David, if there was one of those guys... That stood out to you as far as, hey, if the Chargers lose Hunter Henry and they need to add some sort of receiving threat in free agency at the tight end position, who would it be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first one that makes the most sense is Gerald Everett from the Rams. You know, he's 26. Obviously, there's a relationship there with Brandon Staley being the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year. And, you know, he's he's young and he's got some good Uh, Pass catching chops. Um, He hasn't really been asked to run block a lot. He's not really that great at it, so they would need to add another run blocking tight end. I think they need to add one anyway. But uh, I think as a pass catching tight end, Gerald Everett's definitely a good option. And then Johnny Smith is another good option for me as well from the Tennessee Titans. The stats for most of these guys are not you know really you know that crazy, but you know he did have eight touchdowns last year. He only had two drops. Um, he created 5.8 yards after the catch per reception, which I thought was great. And the the passer rating when he's been targeted was one twelve point three. So, you know, you need a you need a reception. I mean, he's a, a good guy to look at. He's definitely more times than not going to bring it down. So, two younger guys, uh, two uh, two guys that I think would be much cheaper than Hunter Henry if uh, they did uh, let Hunter Henry walk in free agency. Yeah, Jonu Smith got off
0: to a crazy start at the beginning of last season, and then he slowed down a lot towards the end. But he would bring you a more athletic guy. Both of those guys would bring you more athleticism at the position. I mean, you talked about 5.8 yards after the catch. Hunter Henry averaged 3.8 after the catch. Zach Ertz averaged 3 yards after the catch. So it's definitely a different type of tight end. He was kind of very hit or miss with the Titans and that could be a game planning thing. And I think this is the same with Gerald Everett. I mean, there was a weird platoon between him and Tyler Higbee, but at the same time, he's a guy obviously that has the familiarity with Brandon Staley. We see how often those relationships come into play and he has at least 33 catches. Over the past three seasons and his average, you know, more than 10 yards a catch in two of those seasons, the other one was 9.7. So he's a guy that definitely brings some more athleticism, a guy that is good in the middle of the field. Not as much of a red zone threat, only three touchdowns is the max he's had in any one season. Johnny Smith obviously coming off a season where he had eight. Both of those guys, I think if you're trying to replace Hunter Henry would be good options for younger players that could you, you could build With Justin Herbert, you know, if they don't decide to take Kyle Pitts. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Definitely some options out that the Chargers should be looking into. And we'll keep doing this every free agent Friday that we get to. And we'll probably do some more free agent stuff during the week as well as we get a little bit closer to it. Free agency is coming and the Chargers will be. Out there with a decent amount of cap space to make some things happen. But that's going to do it for today's show and for the week. If you guys didn't hear the beginning of the show somehow, next week you're definitely going to want to tune in because we have the biggest guest in show history. We're going to be recording an interview with Austin Eckler, the Chargers, you know, amazing running back RB1 for the Chargers, gonna be coming on with us to talk about, you know, a foundation he has going on, some Twitch streaming stuff, and most importantly football. So if you guys want to make sure to get that make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get the show from. If you don't already make sure to follow us on Twitter at lac I'm sure we'll be posting the interview there. We're going to do a Zoom video with him. So, we'll probably post some video clips too. If you don't, also make sure to like the Facebook page at Locked On Chargers and give us a follow on our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number for the voicemail is 323 524 7924. If you want to talk to us about what free agents you want the Chargers to target or even draft prospects or anything like that, make sure to call in. We try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show, but that's going to do it for this week, guys. We appreciate you guys checking in with the show. Make sure to check back in with us for Austin Eckler next week, but we'll talk to you then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.